are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. We are here to discuss Neighbors, which came out in 2014 and was directed by Nicholas Stoller. Who are the people in your neighborhood? It's a fabulous neighborhood. In your neighborhood. Look, look, new neighbors. Oh. Is that a fraternity? I think they'll like us. We're hip, we're cool. Yeah. Wicca, what's up? Hey, homies. Well, take uh, a sleazy. Yes. I get what you're doing. I'm watching you. I'm watching you, fucker. If you want some, come get some. Oh. Sorry, my ball just got in your face. I'm pissed off. They underestimated us. I don't want to take the gloves off, but I'm going to take them off. You have no idea what you started. Welcome to the darkness, bitches. A frat broke into the car and stole all the airbags. So weird. Why did they just break in and steal the airbags? I don't know. It doesn't... Follow me. Delta Psi has the upper hand. Neighbors stars Seth Rogen, Zac Efron, Rose Byrne, Dave Franco, Ike Barinholtz, Carla Gallo, Gerard Carmichael, Lisa Kudrow, and Christopher Mintz-Plasse. The genre would be raunchy comedy. Neighbors tells the story of a young couple, Mac and Kelly, who are played by Rogen and Byrne, adapting to suburban life with their newborn baby, Stella, who was adorably played by Elise and Zoe Vargas, when suddenly a wrinkle is thrown into their lives. A fraternity moves into the house right next door. That fraternity is led by Teddy, played by the freakishly good-looking, which the movie often calls attention to, Zac Efron, who is determined to lead his brothers through another year of historic parties. Mac and Kelly befriend Teddy, but also fear that his loud escapades next door will keep them up at night, along with their daughter, who's a precious sleeper. At first, all is well, and they have some good times together, but then, one night, they take the step of calling the local police to complain about the noise when it gets too out of control. And what results afterwards is an escalating war between neighbors. What are you, what what are is you this? wearing? What, what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah. We're throwing a Robert De Niro party. Oh. Should be pretty fucking loud. It's probably going to go pretty fucking late, too. I'm a taxi driver, De Niro. Yeah, I meet the fuck is De Niro. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Who painted that mole on your face? Did you do that yourself? Yes, I did. Yes, I did, fucker. Who are you? Oh, I'm uh, Sam Jackson, you know, from Jackie Brown. Hoo-ah! That's not even, yeah. Sentiment woman? There's no consistency here. You're all over the place with your references. Hey, you're upsetting Jinxie Cat. Just stop doing this stupid shit. We're sorry. Hey, when you called the cops, you violated the circle of trust, fucker. We're sorry we called the cops, okay? Are you talking to me? Yes. Are you talking to me? Yes. Yes. Hey, no, you're talking to me. Are you, you talking to me? Are you talking to me? No, you're talking to me. I don't see anyone else here. I don't see anyone else here. Now you have Peak Rogan and Peak Byrne firing on all cylinders. Efron is actually playing to his strengths as an actor. Franco, Carmichael, McLovin. That's how I call him, sorry. That's just how I know him. Baron Holtz, Gallo. Everyone is just bringing the heat in what might be one of the most perfectly constructed comedies of recent years. 
It's tightly directed by Nicholas Stoller, and this resembles kind of a Judd Apatow comedy, but with none of the fat. Now, sure, there are a couple of lulls. There's an alcoholic breast milk gag, which probably goes on for a bit too long. There's also the obligatory third-act couples fight, which comes out of nowhere. But this is pretty much a well-oiled 96-minute humor machine that delivers an endless stream of bits and gags, which amazingly all link together into a coherent story with some clever themes thrown in throughout. For instance, how do neighbors with completely different lifestyles live in close proximity to each other? And of course, another one, how do couples with newborns not only adapt to this new intense element dominating their lives, but also how do they delude themselves into believing they are just not boring parents? Jimmy's not here. Well, we don't have a babysitter, so... Hello, fucking bring her. (laughs) No. Yes? No. Yes? What are you doing? What are you thinking? Let's just do it. This could be like a doorway to a whole new life where we have it all. We have fun and a baby. Fantastic. This is the moment. This This is the moment. Let's do it. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. All right, I'm down. Come on. Baby's first rape. 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 Overall, it's a pretty simple premise, and it's a credit to Stoller and crew that they never stray from that premise while still retaining the funny. And while the hijinks do get nasty at points, Neighbors never gets truly mean-spirited, and through the performances and screenplay, we end up feeling at least some empathy for characters on both sides of this conflict. Our three main characters kick off early into this film as friends, and we feel that level of friendship grow despite just how crazy things get between each of the houses, which is no small feat as Neighbors maintains that playful spirit all the way through its climax. Let's do this. So gross! Ew! That was very immature! And by the way, that climax, it's no joke, as we eventually see both fireworks and dildos used as weapons at different points. And it all leads to a genuinely sweet ending involving Abercrombie and Heisenberg, and with that adorable baby, no less. What else could you want from a comedy? And that brings me to the categories. The first category would be Best Needle Drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film, because music is essential to film. Now, Neighbors is filled with catchy, on-the-nose needle drops, pop songs from various eras which are meant to convey a tone for a specific scene from artists including Kesha, Simple Minds, Eni Kamozi, or Outkast. Generally fun pop music. To me, the one that best stands out is the hip-hop song from Southern rap quartet Nappy Roots, which closes out the movie, playing out over a fun end credits montage of baby Stella wearing various outfits to resemble characters from the movie, as we see the credits for the actors who played those characters. The song is Good Day, and it's from their hit 2008 album, The Humdinger. And it's quite a catchy humdinger of a song. 
Featuring a peppy beat and a chorus of children singing the chorus, it's a genuinely joyous note following a very sweet ending. Just try not smiling listening to this. Church folks had a fish fry, mustard, hot salt, light bread, french fries. Love for the big guy, hit the park, blowing, showing off their hops. Nappy roots on the radio, and you know it about last night to hit the big three. Bought some Air Force Ones, full call tees, man, I'm loving BG. The next category would be Wasted Talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. The supporting cast for Neighbors is pretty stacked with both established comedians and comedic actors, including Lisa Kudrow, Hannibal Burris, Randall Park, Natasha Legero, and Jason Manzukis. Many of them are barely in one scene, but honestly, they're all utilized pretty well and have at least one moment to shine. It all serves the story and it keeps the laughs coming, so nobody's really wasted. The next category would be trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this movie. Allow me to set the scene. Our young couple is cleaning their front yard, where they also have their six-month-year-old little daughter sitting tranquilly on a blanket nearby. Their little girl starts to feel around on the nearby grass and starts to pick something up. Her father playfully asks her if it's a balloon, and as she starts to move it near her mouth, when he realizes suddenly, it's not a balloon. Hey. What do you got there, sweetie? Is that a balloon? You find a balloon? Oh shit, that's not a balloon! Oh Jesus! Alright. Your baby has HIV is how bad this could have gone. The condom was unused. Who the fuck says that to a couple of parents? Okay. 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 Now, if you found that exchange even slightly hysterical, then this is the movie for you. And that's your trailer moment. And that brings me to the final category. That would be the MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. Efron delights, Rogan demures, and the remainder of the cast do each have their moments to shine, but to me, the MVP is Rose Byrne, who brings more humor and relatability to a role which is typically very thankless in this sort of frat boy level comedy, the put-upon wife. We've seen this type of character just so many times, and almost always written and or played the same way, from Everybody Loves Raymond to movies like Knocked Up. The female leads often have a few droll lines, but most of the time, they're mainly just there reacting to the wacky hijinks of their male co-stars. What's nice about Burns Kelly this time around is that she is as central to the story and the looniness as any of her male co-stars. She's scheming and plotting and often taking things over. Burns just brings it with this character, and she's genuinely funny. She has many of the best lines and the best moments. So long, neighbor. My personal favorite being the obvious one, which was most buzzed about when this film first came out. Mac and Kelly have now reached the more sinister phase of their plot to take down this noisy frat next door. 
and they're running out of ideas as a key early tactic of trying to involve the local police has seemingly been exhausted when suddenly it comes to them. It actually comes to Kelly. Sabotage. Try to take down the fraternity from within, but what's the best way to do that? Kelly remembers some flirtatious looks between Teddy, who's Efron's character, between Teddy's girlfriend, Brooke, played by Halston Sage, and Teddy's best friend, Pete, played by Dave Franco, at a previous party. So how about bros before hoes? Hmm. Bros before hoes. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, man. Junk before truck. I have balls before dolls. Padres before I sleep with two madres. Rad pit before grab clit. These nuts before skinny sluts. Masturbate before ask her to date. Beef stew before watching The View. Male erection before One Direction. Mario and Luigi before Thelma and Luigi. So they decide to attend the frat party one night when Kelly makes some strategic moves to stir up a bit of a tryst between Brooke and Pete. And boy, does she, as they start making out in front of Teddy, and her husband just looks across the room in awe of what she has accomplished. And the scene ends as we see the indelible image of Kelly strutting away amidst the crowd in slow motion as we see her just gently blowing on her fingers. It's a true moment of triumph for both the character and Rose Byrne, who after this, along with top-flight comedic turns and bridesmaids, get him to the Greek and spy, has now earned her place as among the best comedic actors of recent years. RB is your MVP. Anyway, just wanted to let you guys know that in this neighborhood, we don't keep off the grass. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Thank you, guys. Also, if you could maybe just uh, sometimes... Keep it down! My rating for Neighbors would be four and a half stars out of five. <laughs> Neighbors is just a genuine delight, loaded with raunch and drug-related humor, but at its core, it has a definite sweetness, which makes it one of the more rewatchable comedies of recent years. And if you're looking for Neighbors, you can find it currently streaming on Peacock TV. And that ends another raucous review. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast, and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.